Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Good afternoon, Jen. And a wonderful fall day we have here. Beautiful Lake Tahoe. Today we're talking about taking time for mindfulness. So is that like thinking about things? You, kind of. <laughs> so taking perspective, um, mindfulness, uh, self-awareness, all this is, it's starting, it's been really on the fringe of business and it's starting to creep its way back in. And, and truthfully, um, I've been reading about it in lots of different places. One of the places it showed up uh, first in kind of glaring letters was in Fast Company, which is one of my favorite magazines, uh, in an article that I've talked about before uh, that references Generation Flux and this idea that really the thing that's going to separate um, the successful leaders you know, apart from the others is that is this ability to take perspective and to like to marshal time away and to get out of being like having your face smashed in your work all the time, 24 hours a day. And so, um, so there's a lot, lots of great ancient traditions around mindfulness and this is not something new or something (laughs) that has just been invented. This is truly, um, something that's been around for thousands of years. You know, when you look back at, um, all the ancient cultures uh, in Asia and the Eastern cultures, look at the yoga, um, the history of yoga and everything. Mindfulness is there. And so, um, so really what we're talking about here um, is being able to benefit yourself by improving your ability to communicate clearly, by having more appropriate reactions when you're under stressful situations and just being better able to handle workplace conflict um, through mindfulness, right? So you think about like if you haven't had time to reflect or take get a perspective, gain perspective on things, if you're in the middle of it, it's much harder to see what's going on, mm-hmm. right? And so one way to demonstrate this is to take your hands. Um, if you hold your hands up in front of your face, you kind of touch your pinkies together and you hold them up and you touch your nose. So go ahead and just like move your two hands. And if you're driving, don't try this. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you had please. a stoplight, you might. But <clears throat> pull your hands towards your nose and put them up against your face. And, and what can you see? Your hands. Right. You see your hands, right? <laughs> right? So then pull them six inches away from your face. And now what can you see? Well, now you can actually see the fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You can start to see a little peripheral vision. And then if you actually set the, set your hands down on your lap, now what can you see? Well, you see what's in front of you. Right. You see yeah. everything that's around you. So what mindfulness does is it basically opens your awareness much like that exercise with your hands does. And it allows you to see more things. It allows you to take more in. And when you... um when you are working constantly, I mean, we are in a generation of constant change, constant barrage of technical insights, of emails, of, you know, radio, TV, uh, newspaper, internet, people talking, phone calls coming in. I mean, it's just constant information. And there, there is, I read somewhere, um, yesterday about how we have so much information. It's like having, being able to walk into, uh, the library of everything, (laughs) everything's available everywhere all the time. And so being able to sift through it and really figure out what it is that we need to be paying attention to is difficult. Yeah. And so oftentimes we're just constantly having our, you know, our, ourselves and our, our, 
faces smashed up into our work. You know, I kind of talk about it like I feel like on busy days that I'm walking around with my hands right in front of my nose again. Yeah. Right. Like all I can see is like what's immediately in front of me and I can't get far enough back from it to see what else is going on. And so, um, so there's some other benefits to being mindful or, or to, um, to applying mindfulness exercises. And we're going to talk about how to do this, um, in, in a few minutes here. But some of the benefits that I, sp- uh, spoke about earlier, again, this ability to communicate more clearly. When you have time to reflect on what you're going to say, uh-huh. you can figure out like, what are the points I want to make? What do I want to say? How do I want to come across? How do I want to be perceived? Um, so you communicate more effectively. Um, in a stressful situation, if you've had some time to reflect on the situation or think about it, or if you're well rested or you've had kind of, you've quieted down the mind chatter, you're able to respond in a more effective way instead of reacting emotionally immediately to whatever's going on. And it also can improve your ability to work as a team and it can improve your creativity and innovation to practice mindfulness exercises. And so, um, so there's a lot of benefits to doing this for your outcome in the workplace, right? So it's not just about finding balance of life or it's not just about, um, you know, kind of meditating on the weekends, but it's really learning to be mindful, um, as a way to improve your work and as a way to improve your experience at work. So, um, so why is it important though? I mean, why, you know, why do you think it might be important to, to be mindful today? Well, I think being able to, um, experience the bigger picture makes you more productive. For sure. For sure. And it's, um, and when you think about our environment right now, like leaders now in organizations are being tasked with responding to a more global environment and that environment's changing at a neck-breaking pace. Um, every day, something's different about how we're working together. And interdependency in the workplace is happening much and is becoming just much more important. And so leaders have to be more open to seeing things in new ways. And they have to be able to get out of their habitual way of seeing things. You know, we kind of... If you have grown up with a certain leadership style and you've been thinking about something forever and, um, and the way that you are, the way that you see the world, and that's the only way you see the world as things change, you know, that needs to broaden. Yeah. Right. In order for us to be successful. Absolutely. And so if you can change your habitual way of seeing the world through opening your perspective, uh, you can be more effective at problem solving. So the real trick here is how do we do that? Right. Like mindfulness, it's a it's a catchy word. It sounds good. Like we all want it. But what does it actually look like? This is a good question. This is a good question. Like, what does it look like to be mindful? Um, And part of being mindful is cultivating attention and awareness. Right. So there's a lot of mindfulness that I've that I've been seeing kind of pop up in the different thought leaders that I follow is this idea about being focused on one thing. You know, singular task versus multitasking. <laughs> Good luck. Right? So we got to a point where it was like, ooh, multitasking is so great. Except for now we're all over the place and getting half as much done. Right? Just all at the same time. <laughs> Instead of getting lots more done at a different, you know, in chunks of time. So being able to really cultivate your attention and awareness through mindfulness can help you as a leader or as a, you know, a colleague or somebody in the workplace to, um, to be able to broaden that perspective and to be able to get more things done and, and be more effective. So one way you can do this is to meditate. 
right? So that, and a lot of people think, well, I don't, I don't know how to meditate. I need to learn how to meditate, <laughs> right? And there are ways that you can actually learn to meditate, but there's also, um, things that you can do to, you can listen to meditations. You know, you can go on the iTunes store and you can search a guided meditation. You can go, um, you can go out. There's a few different apps. There's a, a great computer web-based app as well as an, an app on for the uh, iPhones, droids, et cetera, that is called getsomeheadspace.com. <laughs> and they actually have something that you can apply, you know, you can subscribe to and you pay like a little monthly fee and then they send you these guided meditations for each day. And they've, that website has really done a good job at bringing meditation to the, to the average Joe. You know, to be, to the average person being able to, um, to help regular people meditate. So, um, so that's one way to do it. Another way to, um, to do meditation, which is my personal favorite is called a sit spot. And this is an, an, a Native American tradition where, um, you actually go into nature, which is abundant here in Tahoe. <laughs> so there's lots of spot for this. You go into nature and you sit in wordlessness and you observe. And you just watch what's happening in nature and you, um, you basically turn off anything that could add words to your experience. So you're not reading anything. You're not writing anything. You're not listening to anything, um, that's word based. Um, you're not saying anything. You're just sitting in silence in nature, watching what's going on and thoughts will come up. Things will bubble up to the surface, random thoughts. You'll have what I think uh, the yogis call monkey mind, where <laughs> your mind's all over the place and all kinds of random thoughts are coming up. But as you're doing this, you know, you just notice the thoughts that come up without judgment. You know, you don't judge yourself for not being able to have a clear mind and you, you don't beat yourself up for not being able to get still or repeat a mantra or whatever. <laughs> you just sit there in wordlessness in nature and breathe. And it's, um, it's easy. I, it's, I call it meditation for dummies, but it's actually incredibly powerful. Um, when I do this, sometimes, uh, in the, in the warmer months here, I'll go out and I'll sit in the meadow behind my office for a half an hour. And the, the amount of peace that I get on like a cellular level from just sitting in nature is incredible. I mean, it, it, it gets to the point where like the whole afternoon is 10 times more productive because I've been able to just go sit quietly and kind of let everything in my brain fall into place and float away and do what it wants to do, uh, without any other input. So, so that's a, that's an easy way to do meditation. The other thing is to just start by doing it five minutes a day, right? Like you don't need to do a 45 minute deep <laughs> Nirvana focused meditation. You can just do a, a short five minute breathing you know, if you don't have five minutes, you can take three deep breaths. You know, every hour when you're, when your little watch beeps, you can think, Oh, I'm going to take three deep cleansing breaths and just three times. And you'll be surprised at how it just, you know, kind of centers you. Um, that's actually an exercise that I do when I start to feel my anxiety rising up because yeah. of so many things going on. Breathe. Yeah, you can just feel it happening to you yep. and you can feel how tense you get. And it's like, okay, just you're, you're doing that thing. Just back up and just, <sighs> okay. All right. A couple more of those and I'll be good. Right. It takes you less than 30 seconds most of the time. 
So um, another way you can cultivate mindfulness is to get a coach, right? So you can work with somebody who helps you um, become more self-aware, who asks you questions, who holds the space for you once a week to reflect and to think about what it is you need and what kind of things you want to get done. Um, what, how do you feel about certain situations? Gives you a sounding board um, to really think about that. Um, you can walk in wordlessness. So let's say like sitting still is really hard for you. Um, if sitting still is very hard for you, you might want to look into that. You know, what, what's the risk of being still answer that question. If it's hard for you to sit still, um, many times, sometimes people who have a hard time sitting still, um, don't like the thoughts that come up when they're still. So they do this distracting thing where they're busy all the time. So they don't have to be present with their thoughts. Interesting. Not always the case, but sometimes. So, so just ask yourself that question. Like what would be the risk of sitting still? And what happens for me when I do sit still? And, and why don't I like that? Right. So, um, so if you get through all that and you realize that nothing unhealthy happens to you when you're sitting still and that you just really like to move, um, (laughs) then you can do a walking meditation. You could just do a quiet walking meditation, uh, with wordlessness in the, in the, uh, in nature. So, um, another way you can cultivate mindfulness is by being self-aware and really thinking about what, um, what's going on for you? Asking yourself questions. What, you know, what's happening for me in this moment? What am I feeling? Uh, what are the thoughts underneath that? And, um, and another way is to, just start by noticing one thing at a time. So becoming more mindful or more aware in the moment can really be about, you know, okay, today I'm just going to notice when I'm not listening effectively, right? Today I'm just going to pay attention to like when I kind of drift off in conversations and I'm not going to judge it and I'm not going to try to change it. I'm just going to notice where it shows up. Right. And just try and do that one, one little tiny thing a day that you pay attention to. And you'll be surprised at how quickly you become much more present and aware of what's going on for you. So how do you get your mindfulness, Jen? <laughs> that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I don't meditate so much. I pray a lot. Yep. Prayer is another great form. I have a very difficult time. Um, which I thought was, you hit on it. I was going to ask the question, but you answered it about, um, you know, if you were to sit still and try to, it wasn't so much clearing your mind, but just allowing whatever thoughts come mm-hmm. and not necessarily responding or judging them. Cause that was more my, how do you, how do you get the voices out of your head? Right. Not so much the voices, but <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Right. <laughs> like I probably shouldn't say that. Do I sound crazy? Yeah. <laughs> no. so Everybody's got the answered, inner voice. You answered the question on, on that. So that, um, I, I'm more of a walker than a sitter. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that you mentioned that too, because I don't necessarily find myself someone who can't sit still. Right. But I do find that for more of a mind clearing versus if I'm just sitting, it's like, okay, what time is it? How long am I mm-hmm. sitting here for? Yeah. Um, but walking and letting, letting it go. The breathing thing, I've totally utilized that. Only it takes more than three usually. It's like I'll <laughs> be in this it. room breathing for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, yeah. Deep cleansing breaths. Yes. And talking to people. I think in coaching idea was good too, because that's 
always talking to someone who's a disinterested third party in the whole thing. And Absolutely. Kind of throwing it out there and letting them say, you know, what, what they're seeing from what you're telling them. Right. Right. And that's a, that's a good point that Jen hit on is this disinterested third party is really key to effective coaching because, you know, well, it can be really, um, good to talk to your, your family or your spouse or your mom or dad or your best friend or what have you. Um, there is a connection. I mean, people can't, unless they're highly evolved and very self-aware, most people are attached to your outcome in sure. some way, shape or form because they love you and they care about you and they want to, you know, they want you to be happy. And so, um, so sometimes it's harder for somebody who's attached to you emotionally that way as a yeah. friend or a loved one. Um, not to say you shouldn't talk to them because that can be very helpful yeah, as well. Yeah, it can be helpful, but I don't know that it really puts the, sometimes the perspective right. that we need on. Sometimes it does, but yeah, you know, you're right. They care. They, they're on your side. Right. So they're going to always kind of go with that bias unless you're coming from cuckoo land completely. Right. <laughs> At which point they might just try to be nice and not say something. You yeah. Know, like, they make oh, the well. face and shake their head. And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that was, it's interesting. I was, I'm reading a book called, um, head, heart, and guts, and it's about le- whole leadership. And they talk about the difference between being kind and being nice and how nice people, they use the example of a spot on your tie. Like if you, a nice person at lunch won't mention that you have a spot on your tie to save you that embarrassment um, of recognizing you have a spot on your tie, whereas a kind person will discreetly tell you that you have a spot on your tie because they want to save you the embarrassment from being in a meeting later exactly. with a spot on your tie. And so um, sometimes I think we try to be nice when really we need to be kind, yep. um, especially with the people we love. So um, so thinking that. And then another way that you can um, practice mindfulness is practice listening. And I like to say um, listen louder. And that's just this idea of really being fully present and hearing the person without trying to come up with what you're going to say next, without trying to advocate for your thing or drive the conversation, but just being fully present and listening, um, is a really good way to start cultivating mindfulness. Um, so I encourage that. And then lastly, watch your language. <laughs> I love this. And I don't mean stop using, you know, the S word or anything, but like, but watch your language. Watch how you talk about things like, oh, I'm so slammed at work. I'm so busy. Oh, it's just, everything's just happening all at once. You know, notice what you're saying and what kind of reality you're creating for yourself through your words. True. Right. Like, wow, I have a lot going on, but I have plenty of time to get everything done or, yeah, there's a lot on my plate, but I'm going to need to look at and prioritize like really what's significant and what needs to happen today and what I can redistribute tomorrow versus like, oh, I'm just buried. I'm never going to get anything done. Um, just notice. And, and again, practice noticing without judgment because it's the judgment that adds all the yuckiness to, you know, and all that, like the voices that you talked about, like these aren't the crazy <laughs> voices, voices. In your but this is the inner judger, right? Like this is your inner reptilian brain, your lizard. Who's like, oh, you shouldn't say that. Don't say that. Why'd you say that? <laughs> you know, well, it's just all the thoughts going through your head. And I think by nature, we're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And so we're always, if there's a challenge or opportunity in front of us, we're always trying to get to that next step. Right. And figuring out and it's sometimes you just need to let it be and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, the key is here, I've, I have figured over my years of coaching that really what we're talking about here is, 
Um, first, if you're navigating change, is start by just noticing. Just pay attention. Spend two weeks, six months, whatever you need, just noticing the behavior that you're trying to change. When it happens, why it happens, looking at it. Then once you've noticed it, then you can name it. And you can you can really put your finger on it. And then finally, when um, you name it, then you can navigate around it. And that's when the changes take place. So, so yeah. So practice cultivating mindfulness. The world is a uh, is changing quickly, and uh, it's definitely going to be in your best interest to stay um, stay mindful and to keep your perspective wide open. So, um, this is Alexis Robin with the bright side. And we will be here same time, same place next week. Uh, if you want to know more about what we do, nourishlifecoaching.com or you can check out our executive coaching center at plinkcoachingcenter.com. Ex- right, I was flood that at the end. plinkcoachingcenter.com. Um, thanks, Jen. Thank you. Live from KTHO, That's Lake right. Tahoe. Come see us sometime. And we'll see you next week, same place, same time. Yep. You've been listening to Alexis Robin with The Bright Side here on K Tahoe.